0: I'm not going to preach off the stage today. If you're wondering, this is a lamp and a thing of oil. It's about as fancy of a demonstration as I'm going to get. I always want to do this, too, before we go into the Word, because I really believe it's our calling as a family, especially the last three years. And that's just to give you an update on the foster care world, because I think it's a big deal. Um, since school started, in the first really two weeks of school, two and a half weeks of school, unfortunately, we had nine children taken in um, in the first two weeks of school. That's a t- statistic that you don't want. That's not a good way to start off the school year with nine kids being taken into care. So please be praying for those kids. Um, they just started school. Some of them um, have to be moved to another school because there weren't enough homes open. Um, But on the good side of things, we're very thankful to see the the move that we're seeing in our city. We're very thankful to see new families um, having their homes opening up. Currently, we have six foster children in your nursery right now. Okay? Now, don't clap. Don't clap. Um, That's a good thing on one hand, and and obviously, it's a bad thing on the other. But uh, Aaron and Chelsea have become parents the last two weeks. And, um, you know, it's one thing to be prepared and have nine months to get ready for your kid. It's another thing to wake up one morning and your parents... It's kind of like the stork thing. So, they they have three boys right now. So, um, yeah, wow. Um, and Uncle Kim and Aunt Dwayne said, Aunt Dwayne and Uncle wow. Kim. Did I say that? I did. That was perfect, though. It's perfect. Sorry, man. I start calling you Auntie D. Auntie D. Auntie D. Auntie D. But um, you know, I set a goal this year to, that ten people in our church would open their home for a forever family, or respite care, or emergency care, or foster family support, and right now we're at nine, so we're one away, so if anybody out there would like to fulfill one of my goals for 2016, just come see me, but we're very excited about that, Um, it's still a a big deal, Um, and I'm not a big internet guy at all. Um, But there was a picture that really caught my attention on the internet the other day. And if you get a chance, I want you to Google it. It's very disturbing. Um, It'll bother you, and it should bother you. But it's a picture of um, a father and a mother that are driving behind a school bus. And it's in Ohio. And the mother was passed out from meth. And the father um, was passed out from meth. And there was like a two-year-old boy in the car seat. And they were just parked because they both had passed out and somehow got the car to stop. But that, that's, that's where we're at. Um, when we was interceding a while ago, that's, that's, that's what's on my heart. That's where we're at. Um, that stuff happens a lot. Um, in our city, um, um, kids are left uh, on the sidewalk. Kids are left in their car seats. Kids are left by themselves. That's real. That's not in New York. It's not in Memphis. not L.A. That's in beautiful, lovely Mayberry of Heber Springs and you've heard me say that but I want to continue to say it because um, It's a big deal. It's a big deal to us. Uh, We have three foster children right now And and I hope it's a big deal to you. It's a big deal to our pastor He's done an unbelievable job of welcoming all this with open arms And um, we just want to encourage you that if you want to do anything when I say anything that means cook a meal That means mentor somebody that means teach somebody how to pump gas that means teach a woman proper hygiene. Um, that means open your home up for 72 hours because Aaron and Chelsea are ready to jump off the dam. Or if that means um, emergency care, whatever that means, um, we need all of that. Amen? So if you want to help out anyway, any way, please see myself or Ann. Or now, thankfully, there's several other people in our church that are connected to the call ministry. And you can always check out the call of Hebrew Springs Facebook page to be up to date with everything going on. Amen? Amen. Thank you for letting me give you the commercial. Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is speaking here. He's speaking a lot in these few chapters. And it's really getting down to crunch time. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to be beaten, hung on the cross. But he's teaching in parables. And how many of you are parable people? I'm a parable guy. It's kind of like the difference between will of fortune people and jeopardy people. I'm a will of fortune guy. I just want a letter. I don't want to answer any questions. So I love when Jesus speaks in parables. And he's speaking here in a parable, which is just a simple story to get people to understand the gospel better. And I'm pick, I want to pick it up at verse 1. And the thought that I want us to go with it, they're not going to put it up on the board, but the thought that I want us to go with is... You can't borrow the anointing. You can't borrow the anointing. Verse one, Jesus speaking here says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. We know who the bridegroom is, amen? And he's coming for us one day, amen? Hallelujah. Verse two. Now, five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Verse 3, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, how many of you know that's a dangerous thing to take your lamp but not to put any oil in it? This one has a little bit of oil, but the Bible says that they took their lamp, but they didn't have any oil in it. This morning, I want our lamp to kind of represent salvation in Christ. How many of you know that's the most important thing is to... Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, right? That he died on the cross for your sins and you will be saved. But how many of you know that it is really a dangerous thing to have a lamp but to not have any oil in it, for the oil to be empty? So the Bible says in verse 3 that they that, the, that, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And I'm, a, I'm afraid for many reasons because we have a lot of lamp carriers around. Let's just continue to make it about our city. Um, because it's a lot more transparent. We have a lot of people carrying their lamps in our city, but unfortunately, those lamps either have never had oil in them or they haven't had oil in them in a long time. Amen? And it's important to keep your lamp full, not just to keep a little bit in there, but it's important to keep your lamp full to the brim. Verse 4 But the wise, everybody say wise, we want to be wise, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, they were prepared. They were prepared with their lamp. It wasn't just, hi, my name is Jojo, I'm a Christian. It was, hi, my name is Jojo, I'm a Christian, I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm ready to serve for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. How many know there's a difference? We say a lot of times around here, there's a difference between saying that Jesus is your Lord and that Jesus is your Savior. Amen? Amen? When he's your Lord, everything's personal. You want to do everything that you possibly can for Jesus Christ. And that was this kind of people. They took their oil in their vessels. They were ready. They were prepared. What does that look like? What does oil in your lamp look like? It's really simplistic, and we make it hard so many times. But the older I've gotten, the easier I've made it. Oil in your lamp is being prepared every day that you wake up. Having oil in your lamp is is having prayer time. Having oil in your lamp is reading the Scripture, but not only reading the Scripture, but eating the Scripture, digesting the Scripture. And then, as Joshua was told uh, in his preparation to take over for Moses, to, to apply the scripture to your life. Um, oil in your lamp is, is asking God, God, all the gifts that you have in this word, pour them out upon me. God, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. fill my lamp overflowing. That's what it means to have oil in your lamp. So you had half of them that had their lamps. They had their salvation. But then you had the other half that had the salvation, but they had the oil. They had the preparedness in their lamps. Verse 5. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and they all slept. Now you say, well, the Bible says they all slept and they all tarried. Yes. When you have oil in your lamp and you're prepared and you live your life every day with oil in your lamp, it's okay to rest every once in a while. Amen? That means when, when, when trouble comes in the middle of the night, you get a phone call in the middle of the night that, that trouble has happened. You're ready. You're prepared. When you get a phone call at 1 o'clock in the morning and it's a, it's a DHS officer in Batesville and they say, can you take in this six-month-old baby because we don't have nowhere for that baby to go. You're prepared for that phone call. It's still disturbing. It's still bothersome. But you're prepared. Why? Because your oil is full. That day you've prayed. That day that, that you've sought the Lord. That day you've been in God's presence and you're prepared. God is a God of rest. He wants us to rest. But when our lamp is empty on a continuous basis, it's real easy to sleep a little bit more than we should. Amen? It's real easy to get slumber. It's it's real easy to be apathetic, and it's real easy to be lazy. Verse 6. So at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. So a cry came at the midnight. Go out to meet them. They heard a cry. It came out. They went out to meet them. What's the problem there? We have... One group of people that has their lamps but it's empty and one group that has their lamps and it's full. One group is going to be prepared. One group isn't going to be prepared. How many of you know things happen sometimes the way we don't, prepare, don't plan for them? Many, many times. But we have to be prepared at all times. We have to be prepared at all times with our oil ready in our lamps. Verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, if you know anything about lamps, it's good to trim your lamp because it's easier to burn. Look at Luke. Let's let's go to Luke chapter 12. Just a cross-reference real quick. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. They trimmed their lamps. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. For your lamp to burn, you obviously have to have oil, but you have to make sure that there's a trimming that's going on. Verse 35, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Let your waist be girded and let your lamps be burning. Verse 8, go back to chapter 25 of Matthew. Flip back over there. Jesus said, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. So what is taking place here is the warning sign has gone off. One group is ready, one group is not. What's the response of the group that has no oil? Hey, can I borrow some of your oil? Can I borrow, give me some of yours. Even though I was told to be prepared with my own, even though I was properly instructed on how to do A, B, C, and D, I didn't do it, but just because I didn't do it, now I want to borrow yours. How many of you know that that, that doesn't work in the, in the sense of the anointing and the power of God? Okay, I can go up to, to Jared and I can have a $5 bill and he can say, hey man, can I borrow your $5 bill? I can give him that $5 bill, but what does that mean? I don't have the $5 bill anymore. He has it. He might say he's gonna pay it back, but there's not, there's not a transfer. There's not a direct transfer there, okay? Because he's borrowing it. You can't borrow somebody else's oil. You can't borrow somebody else's anointing. When 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 the, the poo hits the fan, okay, you can quote that. When the poo hits the fan, you can't call somebody and say, hey, Shane, I need your anointing because I'm going through a a, a a tough time right now. I need you to come over and just slap me with some oil because I need your anointing. Now you say, wait, wait, what about Elijah and Elisha? Well, what about them? There's a transfer. Okay, Elisha said, I desire a double portion of your anointing. There's a big difference between transfer and borrowing. Borrowing basically means that you only want it for a a problem that you're in. Okay, I need to pay somebody back. I'm going to borrow some money, and then I'll leave you alone. We can't treat the anointing like that, but that's how we treat God sometimes. God, give me the power now because I need it, but next week I'm good. You can take it back. I don't want to be on a temporary basis with God. I don't want to borrow anything from God. I desire it. I want there to be a transfer, amen? I want it to stay with me as long as I live. Elisha said, Elijah, I want a double portion. And Elijah said, you don't know what you're asking. But when did that transfer take place? That transfer took place when Elijah was going up to be, right, in heaven. There's a transfer. You can look through the scripture, Moses and Joshua. Okay, there's a a desire there. There's a transfer there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There wasn't no borrowing. There wasn't no, hey, give it to me and I'll give it back. So many people, we see so many people in ministry especially they want to come in, and they, they, they want that power, and they want that, and they desire that for the moment and the situation that they're in. But once that moment situation goes by, then they just want to go back to the basic things of life. And that's never the way God intended it to be, amen? God intended for our lamps to be full at all times. I don't know about you, but I need my lamp to be full all times because I don't know what's coming around the corner. And I don't want to have to call somebody to beg them, please come and give me what you got, how many of you know God's an individual God? He wants to pour his spirit upon you. He wants to pour his spirit on me. He doesn't want you to live off of somebody else's anointing. Amen? Amen? When I have a situation at home with my foster kids, I don't want to feel like that I got to call Jeremy because Jeremy has this anointing. I, don't, I can't go, Jeremy, I need to borrow your anointing because Lily is about to just go crazy, and I'm going crazy, I need to borrow it. I'll return it. I'll give it right back. That's not the way God intended it to be. God said, I want to pour my spirit upon all flesh, sons and daughters, everybody. And once again, God's an individual God. And he wants to pour his spirit upon all of us. Amen. He doesn't want us to borrow the Holy Spirit. What verse am I on? Verse 8. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I do not know you watch therefore, for you know, neither the day nor the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Mm, Powerful. Powerful. Go over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. You can't borrow the anointing. Now, is it good to ask people to pray for you? Absolutely. You need people in your lives that will come together in one accord and pray. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's read the the first seven verses here. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, I'm glad I don't have to greet people like that every time I see somebody. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Pray for one another. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Everybody say you. Actually, everybody say me which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Paul was realizing that that Timothy had a beautiful lineage, that there was a powerful grandmother involved and there was a powerful mother involved. But Paul understood and Timothy understood that for Timothy to to do the things that God wanted him to do, he had to have his own anointing. Amen? He had to have his own anointing. Listen, I'll put my grandmother up against anybody's. She prayed over my... I, I didn't really know her a lot. I can't remember how old I was when she died, maybe four or five. Is that right, Mom? Three or four? But my grandmother prayed over her kids constantly just constantly and just she was baptized in the holy ghost and would just just bless my mom and speak life over me and i wasn't even i didn't even i, I wasn't even born but i understand that i'm blessed for that and i understand that there, there there could be a transfer there now because thankfully she's gone to be with the lord now but i also know Dwayne, that i got to stir up my own gifts i also know that i can't live off of my grandma's lamp amen i also know that i can't live off of my pastor's lamp Amen? Because let, let me just be real transparent with you sometimes. Sometimes our lamps get down here. Be real honest with you. Sometimes our lamps get really low. And when people come to us, and, and, and maybe they don't really understand the anointing, or maybe they don't understand the, 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 the process of you working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? Amen. Because sometimes it gets to a point where we can only do so much. That's what I love about phone calls. Sometimes people call and they literally, it's almost like they want me to hand them the anointing through the phone. And the first thing that I'll tell them is go pray. Seek the Lord right now yourself. Seek the Lord. Seek him where he may be found yourself. Pray that God would pour his anointing and his power upon you in Jesus' name. But I'm afraid as a culture, as a city, however you want to word it, we're just sucking each other dry spiritually as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're, 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 and I'm not saying this because I'm saying that you're doing that to us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as a culture, that's what we're doing. We have the three or four figures in our life that we look up to spiritually, but we're not. And, and it's almost like we're desiring what they have. When God says, "I want to give you what I want you to have," I want to pour my spirit out on you so that you don't have to depend on other people's anointing. Amen. So you don't have to go and borrow somebody's anointing. Because I don't know about you, the anointing of God is something, it's the power of God that rests on your life. I don't want to have to call anybody in that moment. Amen? I don't want to have to depend on anybody in that moment. I want to depend on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen? The Holy Spirit that works through me. I want to tell you just something real quick and we're almost done. Give you an example. I'm so thankful for the anointing. I'm so thankful for the power of God that rests upon my life. I don't go to my pastor's house and say, man, I'm empty. Give me some of yours. And he goes into a cabinet and he pulls out this this special blend of Pastor L.A. Brown. (laughs) And then I drink it and then I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Okay. He prays for me. And that's big. That's a big deal. He blesses me. But I have to go into my own place and get into my spiritual shelf and drink the anointing that God has put on me. Amen? So I don't have to be so dependent upon everybody. We're such a dependent culture. We depend on everybody else and we wonder why we feel like we feel. When God says, I just want to pour my spirit out on you so your dependence doesn't have to be on anybody else. God wants to pour his spirit upon you, okay? He wants you to link up with me and pray with you, but he doesn't want you to take some anointing from me and put it on your life. Can he pray, God, give me a double portion of Jojo's anointing eventually? yes, yeah, sure, but right, he can't say, God, bar- I'm gonna borrow some of Pastor's anointing because I'm having marital affairs or I'm having pr- tr- troubles at work. God wants you to go in your closet and work out your own self- salvation with fear and trembling and ask for the anointing to be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen? Shane told me a story. Um, God's been using him at the other side like he's been using us with the call ministry. And I'm so thankful for that because that really goes hand in hand. Um, but he, him and another guy was with another guy. Uh, that's a lot of other guys. And they were hanging out the other night. And, um, and uh, the, if I say this right, I think I'm going to say it right. The guy looked at Shane and said, pray for him right now to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So like, yeah. And guess what happened? Dude received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Now, it would have been real easy for that cat to, to think, man, I'm sitting here with two godly men. And, man, I just want what they, I want them, I just want to be as close as I can to them so it will just leak over. But, but that guy was truly listening to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that guy was in tune with what God was telling him to do. And, and, and two seconds later, the guy was filled with the Holy Ghost. And now God had poured a specific anointing upon him. That's a powerful thing. Amen. That's a powerful thing. Amen? Because listen to me, dad. Listen to me, husband. I can't step into your world with my anointing and fix your marriage. I can't step into your world with my anointing and fix your problem that you're having with your kids. As a youth pastor, I deal with that all the time. Moms and dads want me to come in and be daddy number two. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's not the calling that God has put on my life as a youth pastor. Amen? My calling is to equip them to understand that they could have an anointing themselves and be the godly mother and father that God has called them to be and carry an anointing upon them specifically in their house. Listen, my children, Elijah and Josiah, they can't have my anointing. It's mine. I'm I'm stingy with it, Larry. It's my anointing. Okay. A couple years ago when you was down south in that house, it had nothing to do with Lee Brown. It had nothing to do with Jojo Riggs. It had everything to do with God wanting to give you an anointing, a specific anointing. Elijah and Josiah got baptized in the Holy Ghost this summer. Hey, it had nothing to do with me. Now they got their own anointing upon their life. Now I'm not saying the anointing is just being baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I'm just using an example that it really helps. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, ask God. God baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fill my lamp to overflowing. This summer, we experienced something that was out of the ordinary. Imagine that. We have dealt... With foster care, you do a lot of things. We did the lice thing, no big deal, especially for me. <laughs> we did the dirty bags, and, and the drug-infested this, and the drug-infested that, but we never dealt with this one, and this might sound trivial trivial to some of you, but when something impacts your household like it did ours, it was right before he was about to go on vacation, and none of you, a few of you might know, because my leaders, but we came home from youth camp. Josiah and Elijah had just been baptized in the Holy Ghost. My lamp was overflowing. But it got really low really quickly. And I didn't call you. I didn't call Pastor. I didn't call Brent. I didn't call any of y'all. So many of y'all don't even know what happened. Friday night we realized that we were infested with bed bugs. Not infested. Don't freak out. I didn't mean to say that. One room where we typically house all of our foster kids. Now, I'm definitely not getting a foster home open today. (laughs) It's dirty, amen? Come on, ain't nothing about faith clean. Whew, we were up till 5 o'clock that morning. And for the next seven days, we stayed up till 4 and 5 o'clock every morning, figuring out how are we going to, this How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to explain this to our kids? We threw away over 3,000 dollars worth of furniture. Our house was clean. I had never been clean before. There was a couple days where we literally would sit down at three o'clock in the morning look at each other and just cry. But that wasn't the time for me to pick up a phone and call pastor or call Shane or call. I needed to get into my spiritual cabinet. And I needed to fill my lamp up to overflowing. And that's what I did. And we made it through it. Praise God. We made it through it. But I didn't have to depend on anybody because I had the anointing myself, Andrew. Amen. It was upon me. And what a, what, a, what a cherished moment in time that was for, for us to realize that, that God had gifted us with something that allows us to deal with things in life. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's faithful, and he wants to fill your lamp overflowing. Not just halfway, but he wants it to be full. He wants it to be pouring over. Because, And I'll close on this. Because unfortunately, so much of the church is about this or lower. That's the reason there's more dope dealers than there are hope dealers. Because we have a bunch of Christians running around with empty lamps. Come on, somebody. That's why there's over 70 kids in your county that are living in other people's houses because their mama and daddies did something that they shouldn't have done. That's why we have people homeless in our city. And I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm just pointing fingers at all of us. Christ never called us to have our lamps half full or empty and run around bragging on our Christianity. Christ created us for our lamps to be overflowing and ready and prepared for every opportunity that God puts in our way. And not only did God give us the anointing for us to deal with our situations personally, but he gave us the anointing so that we could go out and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Heber Springs is in desperate need of a church with their lamps overflowing. And I believe this is the church. Other churches, they're doing great things. And I got a lot of dear friends in other churches. But I just specifically strategically believe God's calling this church that our lamps would be overflowing. Why? Because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe that there's more. Salvation's the most important. But we believe that there's more. We believe in what the Word says about the gifts of healing and the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of of tongues and we believe in all those things it's time for us to not just believe but to receive amen Amen. to have our, our our lamps overflowing in jesus name amen because what did jesus say in the story what did jesus say jesus said and while they went to buy the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding and the door was shut It's cliche, you hear it all the time. The the door's closing. I just don't know how fast it's closing. I'm not one of these that, I don't know, who knows. The door's closing. And dear God, I don't want the door to close when I just have an empty lamp sitting around on the shelf. Because my salvation sitting around on the shelf collecting dust is not saving a city that needs Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet. Aaron, if you'd join me up here. I've done the Christian life with my lamp empty. I've done the Christian life with my lamp half full. And now I presently do life with my lamp overflowing. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. A huge difference huge I'm fearless I'm fearless and I'm vocal that's a dangerous combination and I challenge you to be fearless and vocal because that's the only way anything's going to change around here is when we open up our mouth and we're fearless for Christ and our lamp is overflowing because when your, amp, your lamp overflows with the oil of Christ with your, when, your, when your lamp overflows with the anointing you care about people See, when my lamp was empty, I, I, it, maybe, if they came across my path, maybe death, you know. When your lamp is overflowing and it's, it, you just can't. This morning I woke up and I couldn't hardly breathe. I know this sounds so weird, but I couldn't hardly breathe because I just felt the presence of God. I taught Sunday school. I preached this morning. I'm preaching tonight. It's like, that didn't even bother me. I wanted all that because I was so full of WC. And I just want to empty myself this morning and then go home and fill myself back up so tonight I can come and empty myself again. When I pick up those babies in the nursery here in a second, I'm going to empty myself into their lives. And I'm going to fill it up again so I can empty myself again tomorrow. When Shane goes the other side tomorrow, he's going to be full. He's going to empty himself to those men. And then he's going to go get full again so that he can go back to them. Are you following me? You can't rescue a generation with an empty lamp it ain't going to happen churches have been trying to do it for years it ain't going to work it ain't going to work we ain't going to fix a drug problem with an empty lamp we ain't going to fix an orphan problem with an empty lamp you're not going to fix your marriage with your empty lamp if you're living off of an experience that happened to you when you were nine years old and you came down an altar and that's all you have to lean upon is that experience it ain't going to fix your problem with your kid But that lamb being overflowing, that'll fix your problem. Amen. Father in heaven, God, we love you. And now, Lord, at this part of the service, we point the finger to ourselves. God, we've interceded for others. We've prayed for other people, God. But now we point the finger to ourselves. And, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that our lamps would be full, overflowing, God. And we wouldn't be like the unwise virgins Lord God they took their lamps but they didn't take any oil with them there wasn't no preparation God they just knew that eventually they could borrow it from somebody else God Father I pray that we see that it's not about somebody else's anointing this morning it's about the anointing you want specifically to pour out upon our lives so with every head bowed and every eye closed I, w- I want to be very personal this morning you say my lamp is empty My lamp is empty. But I want God to fill it up this morning. My lamp is empty. Me saying I'm a Christian is not getting things done. I want to get some things done for the kingdom. But but Jojo, my lamp is empty right now. I want you to lift your hand. Say, that's me. My lamp is empty right now. It's empty right now.